Hi there, welcome back to the business side of fitness. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. Each week on the show, we'll highlight fitness industry experts to learn about their personal journey and unique perspective. Through these conversations, we'll learn all about what it really takes to succeed in fitness. This show is brought to you by Vanessa Severiano LLC, specializing in fitness and wellness business development for impactful brands. The time has come to start the show. Everyone's got a story, and now it's time to hear from this week's guest. Let's welcome to the show, Jessica Yarby. Jessica is a lifelong marketer currently obsessed with building programs and processes to help the world's largest Pilates brand reach its full global potential. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. So you're currently working as the chief marketing officer for Club Pilates, which is under the Exponential Fitness brand. How many Club Pilates locations do you currently have? There are about 650 in the U.S. and Canada, and we have four global or international in Japan and Singapore, and we're about to open Germany, and then many other countries will fast follow that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, congratulations, because working with so many locations and such a powerful brand is just a dream come true. You've kind of crafted a niche for yourself in specializing in marketing for some huge franchise brands. So you, in the past, you were with Gold, you were with UFIT, and now Club Pilates. How did you get started in fitness? Well, I was working in franchising, actually in the restaurant space. Um, I initially got into franchising, working on the Burger King brand and you know, promoting their mushroom Swiss burgers. And um, I came to a crossroads where I had two different opportunities in front of me. One was to go work for Crystal Burger, which is a small burger chain out of the Southeast. And the other was to go work as a franchise marketing manager at Gold's Gym. And I was an athlete in college. I used to work the front desk at Brick Bodies in Baltimore. And it really just felt like this is my moment where I can overlap passions. So I, right before this, I was on um, my LinkedIn and the American Marketing Association had a quote posted and um, it's by Ma- Michael Hyatt. And he said, marketing is just about sharing your passion. And so I think the marketing function as a whole just becomes so much easier if you really believe it and you're passionate about it. And it's not, you don't wake up and you have to fake it. You know, I I, I don't eat meat, you know, and there I was like promoting burgers and fast food. And so this was really just an opportunity to do what I love and share what I love. I love that. I love that fork in the road moment. And how many years ago was that? That was about eight years ago. So I've been in fitness ever since. So like you said, I was at Gold's Gym for about three and a half years. Then I went to UFIT Health Clubs in the Southeast, based in your neck of the woods down in in Florida. And um, then I came out here to California to work for Club Pilates. I love that. And what do you love so much about Pilates? I'm a huge Pilates fan. I want to hear what, what, how it's helped you. Well, I have to tell you, before I started at Club Pilates, I had only done Pilates in a rehabilitative setup. You know, with my physical therapist, they had a reformer in their office, and that was really all I knew about it. So I flew out to the West Coast to interview for this role, having never done Club Pilates before. And so I, my interview was at 9 a.m. I woke up and I went over to the nearest studio and dropped into a class. 
and I walked in and they said, oh, you must be Jessica. And I was equal parts embarrassed and amazed, you know, embarrassed because I'm rolling out of bed, bedhead, no makeup. And I walk in and they knew who I was. And so there was this really interesting moment for me coming from more of a big box environment where it's all about the quantity and the numbers to now moving into boutique where it's all about your relationship with your members and establishing this really um, engaged community of what becomes evangelists for your brand. So, um, you know, really from a marketing perspective, that was a complete 180. You know, the fact that day one, they would know my name, you know, they would know that I was the person who they hadn't seen before in the studio and they would greet me as such really kind of was my first experience with boutique and my first experience with this amazing Club Pilates brand. I love that. And creating raving fans just makes your job a lot easier in the marketing role, right? Um, so tell me a little bit about your marketing role for Club Pilates. What are your, some of the key differentiators that Club Pilates has over some other Pilates brands? Well, I consistently tell people that I have the best job in the business because of that operational side of things. I know that if I have a marketing effort that gets somebody into the door, I know the experience they're going to have is going to be solid. You know, I know that they're going to have an amazing class that's customized to their unique fitness environment or their unique fitness needs. And then I know they're going to stay with us for on average 11 months. So how amazing is that as a marketer? You know, I don't even have to focus on the attrition side of things as much. I really simply have to focus on the pipeline. And again, knowing that that pipeline is going to be greeted at the door and greeted by name, I have the best job in the business. I kind of agree with you. I love that. First of all, I love Pilates. I also got into Pilates uh, because of an injury. I had gotten into a car accident and I used it for rehabilitation. And now I'm just addicted because after so many years of these high intensity workouts, your body takes a beating. And as we get older, I'm 40. Now I'm all about joint integrity and just staying limber as opposed to just trying to crush as many miles or lift as much weight as possible. Well, that's you and the rest of the world, right? We're all doing too much high intensity. We're all sitting at our desks all day. You know, we're in this like forward folded, um, you know, odd environment 24 seven. We're stressed out, you know, so to be able to offer people a solution to provide balance within their body, to provide balance within their mental state that's really appealing to a wide range of, of people. So we have a lot of people like you in our studios. Um, we have a lot of people all the way up to like 87 year old people who are kind of in the rehabilitative lane. And then to the other extreme, we have professional athletes coming into the studio. We know Chris Carter was in this past weekend, um, the ex Minnesota Viking. He just completed his hundredth class down in your neck of the woods and so how amazing is that, that someone at a level of a professional athlete can walk into a studio, can have those kind of benefits, just like you have those same kind of benefits, you know, corrective, um, stability, mobility, flexibility, and core, you know, we all need this. 
And anybody that's listening to this right now that's kind of rolling their eyes, I just want to say that Pilates, the first time I tried Pilates, I thought that it was going to be about stretching and it's not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very humbling, especially if you're used to training in a different type of modality and then you try Pilates, you'll see how quickly you're trembling and shaking. (laughs) But it looks very easy, but it's really not. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big Baltimore Ravens fan and I know Lamar Jackson does Pilates. We know all the top athletes in all of the sports do Pilates. LeBron James does Pilates. Ronaldo does Pilates. So there are extreme benefits to that level of athlete. Again, all the way to the 87-year-old grandma who comes in and she just wants to walk up and down the stairs with stability. So it's really amazing to um, be growing this brand and being able to reach all of those different um, audiences and connect with all of those different audiences. So it's been completely rewarding. I love that. So would you say that Club Pilates is a brand that appeals to everybody, that it's kind of an entry point for people looking to explore Pilates? We say everybody needs Pilates because it's not just a a choice you make where, oh, I'm going to choose to run today or I'm going to choose to cycle today like you said, we're all living in this high stress environment. And then we're adding more stress to our environment by doing things like CrossFit workouts and high intensity workouts and and orange theory. And I think those are great periodically, but we need to balance it out with um, practices that aren't going to beat on our joints. They're not going to, uh, you know, increase all of our like forward folding that we're doing on a daily basis. Even as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm like forward folded, you know, like I have to remember my own, my own Pilates discipline and and improve my posture. And, you know, you think about the next generation, I have, I have a nine-year-old, he's on his devices every chance he can get. So if you think that our world is forward folded, think about the kids who are now coming up and they are all going to have posture problems. So if we don't start to um, discipline ourselves and get into the studio, do corrective kind of posture correcting exercises, um, we're all just going to go back to um, to that caveman, like forward folded kind of posture. And that's not really how we should be all living, like physically or or mentally. Absolutely. I think Pilates is kind of a preventative medicine, if you would, you know, kind of like, okay, you're doing this damage to yourself day in and day out. Now let's, you know, let's reverse that damage. So talk to me, Jessica, a little bit about what your responsibilities are as a chief marketing officer for Club Pilates. Are you focused primarily on helping to support the individual franchisees or are you more focused on actually getting the franchises sold? So I see my role as promoting and protecting this amazing brand as it grows. So most of my day is spent on brand level activities. So anything that is impacting the brand, moving the brand, promoting the brand, anything that's supporting the whole country or even the globe at this point. In terms of individual franchise support, I have three marketing managers on my team. We break up the country into three pieces and and they support the franchisees one-on-one-on-one. And that's a really critical part of our business model is just providing really engaged, um, frequent support so that our franchise owners, if they have a question about what they should be doing in terms of turning their 
marketing back on in this post-COVID kind of economy, you know, they have a contact at our office to reach out to, to guide them through what their local marketing mix should be. I love that because I've worked with several franchisees and I've noticed that they've really lacked support from the franchisor. So I love that Club Pilates is able to provide that one-on-one support. So speaking of marketing plans post-COVID, what are your plans for Club Pilates now marketing in this post-COVID world? How are you directing your franchisees to reach out to potential clients? It is really on a studio by studio by studio by studio basis. And that's one of the most difficult things about this pandemic is it's moving through the country at different paces. Different parts of the country are recovering faster. We're now seeing, we'll call it a relapse, you know, where where areas have to close again. And so there is not a broad brush Um, today we are doing X, Y, Z with our marketing. It is very much one by one by one. You, Vanessa, you own the Coral Gables studio. Here's what we're recommending to you, you know, based on what we're seeing in the numbers, in the news, in, you know, the businesses around you um, and really making recommendations on a local level, really making recommendations on a regional level. But as even markets open back up, um, we're seeing, different perspectives within our ownership groups in same markets. And that's fine. It really is part of a franchise model is you are the business owner and you at the end of the day can make your own decisions. You know, we're going to recommend, um, you know, whatever we think is best based on the current climate and based on the current local government's recommendations, but you have the end all be all decision. So it's been fascinating to, to work through this. And from a marketing perspective, we now have so many more needs. If you think about social media, we now need a content calendar that supports open studios and we need a content calendar that supports closed studios. So you just have this real need for content in a lot of different directions, supporting a lot of different business scenarios. I love that approach, Jessica. And I think that the best brands have this type of outlook. I think that when there's brands that just take sort of these like broad brush strokes and think what applies to, and this is in COVID and not, what applies to one market is going to work in another and understand that fitness businesses are hyper-local, right? They're attracting their people and their immediate radius. They're not, you know, so somebody that works in out in New York City is not the same clientele as somebody that's going to work out here in Miami. The demographic is different. It's similar, but different. So I love taking that personalized approach. Jessica, you mentioned earlier that you have a nine-year-old son. I'm also a working mom in fitness, and I love the opportunity to talk with other moms that are in fitness. Something that I've personally always struggled with is kind of that balance? I mean, what is balance anymore anyway? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, How do you balance your work responsibilities with your responsibilities as a mom? Well, I think it's not even so much how I balance it. It's how my leadership team balances it. Um, My son has come to the office with me. He has Um, sat under my desk and colored and played on his devices literally for days at a time. And 
I could not do that if it wasn't for my president believing that, okay, this isn't going to be a distraction. Um, Jessica has her priorities, correct? You know, her son is involved in her day to day and, um, and knows that, you know, when you are a working parent, there are things that need to flex sometimes, you know, and I think in this COVID time where parents don't have access to daycares or they're afraid of putting their kids into a daycare or a summer camp, I mean, that's becoming more and more front and center. So if you have a working mom on your team um, and that is her choice to either put my kid into a summer camp where they might be exposed to the coronavirus or you know, bring the kid into work or allow the mom to work from home. There's ways to work with your working parents so that they can make this happen. Um, it takes a village and it's not just your family village, it's your professional village. You know, does your leadership team support you? Does your own team understand where your priorities are? Um, there's definitely days with, with my team where I tell them, like, I'm, I'm signing off, text me if you need me, but like, I'm going to be with my son for the next five hours, you know, and they, um, they've, they've seen me support them. And so then therefore they're supporting me in like working and then also, you know, having that family time. It's so great that Club Pilates supports working parents because I see a lot of fitness brands that do not, and they actually look at working parents as a negative because they're not available to the brand 24-7. That's kind of a dirty little secret that I've observed in the fitness industry. However, a working parent brings so much value to the brand and if anything, they need their position more than others. So I yeah. think that's a, that's a great point that you, that you made here. So talk to us a little bit about your goals. So what are you looking to achieve professionally within the next five years within your role? Yeah, it's been an amazing three years so far. And what I tell my team and when I hire people, the number one thing that I look for is just come in and commit to growing, commit to learning, commit to doing more tomorrow than you did yesterday. And this brand will reward you. Like whatever you put into it, it will give it right back. And so, you know, even like jumping on this podcast and doing this with you, you know, I think I need to um, be willing to like put time toward um, promoting the brand on my own as a professional and, and putting the brand front and center from a business perspective, not just from a, from a brand perspective, but really, you know, there's a lot of different angles and channels that, that Club Pilates can connect to, you know, so from a franchise for sale perspective, you know, understanding and promoting the fact that, yeah, this is a model that does support you. This is not just a, um, you know, a financial success, but you have that ability to really connect with your community and make differences in people's lives and, and telling that story just as thoroughly as we're telling the brand story. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm putting a lot of time toward really like diversifying from just sitting in a brand lane and really pushing myself 
outside of my comfort zone a little bit, um, like you and I were talking about before the show started. I think that's so important because you reach a certain level professionally, chief marketing officer. That's a goal for many people that are probably listening to this podcast. They want to achieve that. But once you achieve it, how do you continue developing yourself? There's always more that you can do and putting yourself out of your comfort zone is definitely a way to continue improving on yourself personally and professionally. So we just talked about the professional side of things. Where do you see yourself goal-wise in the next five years personally? I'm spending a lot of time on consuming content differently personally and um, balancing not just um, leadership content and marketing content, but really um, kind of looking at like holistic health in my own life and an understanding that just as much as I said before, everybody lives imbalanced, you know, my own life has become imbalanced at certain times. So, you know, working to maintain balance while still performing at a really high level and performing at an even higher level, because that's the game is just getting better and better and better. And so I listen to a ton of podcasts. My my brain right now is not in book reading mode. I know it's very common for executives to pile up. Here's the 30 books I read in the last three months. And I have read zero books in the last three months, but I'm consuming a ton of podcast content, you know, like yours and, and just consistently um, staying open-minded to okay, what can I structure better in my world personally, professionally? You know, how much time am I spending personally on Instagram? You know, like, is it needed? Um, So I think it's that game right now. It's like that constant, like improvement, one more inch, one more inch, one more inch. And, um, and making sure you're, you're building that life that you want to live both both professionally and personally we have complete control over this so the idea that we don't have control um i think is is a little bit of an excuse you have control so do the things that are needed to get to where you want to go Absolutely. I think we need to take small steps and recognize that sometimes those small steps, even we're, even though we're not moving as fast as we'd like, it's still improvement and it's still progress. I want to share a little life hack with you because I also am a huge podcast fan. However, and I, and I love to read too. I was an English major in college. However, I started getting into the habit of falling asleep instantly when I was reading. So I started listening to books on tape. So if you like, so audible is the way to go. I just wanted to share that little mom life hack for you. (laughs) Yes. Jessica, what are your favorite podcasts that you're listening to right now? I listen to the science of success whenever they put out a new episode. Um, I'm listening to Guy Kawasaki's new podcast, Remarkable People. Um, and then Guy Raz, How I Built This. You know, entrepreneurship to me is really interesting. And he has had a lot of fitness founders on his podcast. Um, Soul Cycle founder was on there, Bar Three was on there. And so from a fitness and business perspective, um, you can go onto his podcast. You could search back through 
those episodes and then you really get the early days of the concept and how things were running in the early days. Even Peloton, that story was so amazing given and knowing where they are right now, you know, to hear where they started was just an amazing episode. So I would highly recommend those three podcasts. I could not agree more. I love Guy Raz. That's actually how I got the idea to do this podcast. I was like, you know what? I really enjoyed the journeys of hearing how Whole Foods started, how Starbucks started, how, you know, all these amazing brands started. And I got this idea to interview people in fitness and how they got started and share their stories to inspire others. So speaking of inspiring others, if somebody's listening to this podcast right now and they're thinking of opening up their own franchise, what does an ideal franchisee look like for Club Pilates and how could they expect to be supported? Well, I think to start, um, it's going to be an amazing time to start a new concept. You know, you think about coming out of the COVID time, there should be a correction in terms of lease cost. There's an amazing pool of talent out there right now that's looking for their next gig. If you have a concept in the back of your mind, bring it to life. Like now is the time to do it. It's great to start a concept at the bottom and then ride the wave to the top. Um, To answer the second part of your question in terms of the ideal franchisee, Club Pilates has franchise owners that are Pilates people. We have franchise owners that are business people. We have franchise owners that are, um, you know, multi-unit entrepreneur um, moguls um, and really everything in between. So I don't think there's necessarily one single background that you need to be successful, but I think it's more of a mindset. You know, do you want to jump into something and really commit to building it together. And I think the, the elevator pitch of, um, you know, it's a plug and play concept that that's, that works for some, but our best owners, um, will call me, they all have my cell phone. They'll call me and they'll say, Hey, Jessica, I have an idea or like, why aren't we doing this? And it's really, um, working on the business together from a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different angles. And I think that's what makes franchise concepts so strong. And I think that's what's helped franchise concepts do well through this COVID time is I essentially have 350 entrepreneurs, like 350 Guy Raz minds working on my business and saying, okay, what if we did it this way? What if we did it this way? And so when our model went out the window back in March, when everything got shut down, we really were able to pivot quickly, not because we have a think tank at corporate saying, oh, this is the way it's going to be, but our franchisees truly led the way. They truly came up with the best way to pivot on their own. And we simply supported them in that effort. So um, yeah, I, I think it's a great time to start something from scratch. And then as you're looking to get people into your concept with you, Find those who have that partnership mentality um, versus, you know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait for you to tell me what to do. You know, find somebody who's going to be at the forefront with you. 
you touched on something that really rang so true to me. And I've always told my teams, come to me with solutions, not with problems. If you come across a problem, come to me with at least three proposed solutions and we can collaborate and work on how we're going to solve this problem together. But you can't look at me and expect me to have all the answers. I'm one person. Together, we can come up with a much better solution. So I love that outlook. And you also touched on something earlier that makes so much sense that people are so focused on hit workouts and these intense workouts and sitting in front of their computer that now I, I see the world of fitness really headed more into the recovery modality. And I see Pilates really falling into that recovery modality. So I think now is the time if anybody's listening to this and thinking about pulling the trigger on a Pilates or a recovery uh, franchise, this is the time. So Jessica, talk to us a little bit about your challenges. You've had so many accolades, so much success. It sounds like you haven't had any challenges. Are there any challenges that you want to share with us? Oh my gosh. So I have been laid off three times in my career. So when you say that I haven't had challenges, it just makes me laugh inside because I graduated college and I got laid off my first two marketing jobs. And so you come out with a full head of steam, with dreams, with positivity, with ambition. And I got completely knocked on my butt twice in a row. And my early resume reads like a shoots and ladder game more than it reads like a straight linear path to the top. Um, So I know there's a lot of people out there who have recently got laid off, you know, through this COVID time. Um, And what I would say to those people is um, make your comeback greater than your setback. You know, use this as an opportunity to not just rebound into the same gig. You know, if you were director level, make that jump, like push to get yourself into a VP role. And I know it, it sounds, um, easy, but it's like, really, if that's your goal, go for it, shoot for that moon. And okay, maybe you'll fall onto a director level star and, and that's where you land, but you have to, you have to aim, aim high in order to keep on raising your career higher and higher. You're not going to aim, you're not going to get a a fast growing career. You're not going to take, take high steps if you're just looking at, okay, what's the next, you know, director level role I could get, you know, really go for it. Thank you so much for sharing that with us because there definitely are some future stars listening to this podcast that maybe need that little bit of encouragement. I think sometimes when people come across setbacks, they take that so personally and they internalize that. And some a setback like that does not dictate your value or your worth. And it's so important to keep pushing. Is that something that you would attribute your success to that you've always had that mindset of constantly pushing? I would attribute my success to grit above anything else. And so when I got laid off two times in a row, really was just the chip on my shoulder and I'm going to come back stronger. I'm going to show you that you made a mistake. So five years ago, I got laid off from Gold's Gym and that was a job 
I loved. And that was the job that got me into the fitness industry. And it, it set me back and it made me question, do I have a path in the fitness industry or what do I do next? You know, because that was really what I, at the time, what I thought was my dream job. And it really took a few months of soul searching to realize, you know what, like, I'm going to come back stronger. I'm going to make my comeback so much greater than this setback. And, and I believe that's possible in today's environment as well. And I would encourage anybody to, um, you know, where you're getting like rejection after rejection, or you're sending applications into the black hole. I have been there. I know that it's difficult, but just like you used this time to, I'm going to reset. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do something totally different and connect with people that I haven't talked to in a while. You know, you and I connected on LinkedIn. Um, I'm so shocked that more people don't reach out to connect with me on LinkedIn. During this COVID time, I've had one person reach out to be like, hey, I really want to like pick your brain about what I should do next in my career. I am an open book and I will talk to anybody who reaches out to me on LinkedIn vendor um, solicitations aside, sometimes I ignore those. But, um, but truly, if it's a one-on-one ask and somebody reaches out to me, I always take that meeting. I always take that call. And so don't underestimate the power of the tools that you have for free available to you. You know, connect with people on, on LinkedIn. Like right now I'm, I'm building a personal website. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this COVID time to like do something like new and different, shake it up. So I think the people who are going to come out of this time, um, the people who are going to thrive are those who have grit, are those who are looking at this setback as this is an opportunity to build something even bigger than I've done before. I love that outlook, Jessica. You're like my kindred spirit here. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us the story of how you landed this chief marketing officer role at Club Pilates. Were you recruited or did you pursue this opportunity? Talking about grit, tell us the story. Well, I'll tell you um, the story about how I left Gold's Gym um, and landed that next job because that was more about grit than anything else. Um, so I was, I was kicked out of the Gold's Gym family and I was applying and applying and applying for jobs and I couldn't find my next step and I was so disheartened. And um, one day I decided I would just um, take every single opportunity that I had reached out about and I would message them again. I would just double message. So I called it double message day. And, um, I wasn't afraid of being annoying. I wasn't afraid of, um, looking immature. I was like, I need a job. I want this job. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to tell you again that I want this job. And that's how I went from, um, my role at Gold's Gym to my role at UFIT. I messaged my boss at UFIT again. Um, he wasn't my boss at that point, at that point, but I had messaged him once on LinkedIn and I said, Hey, I see you're at UFIT. Like I want to work in marketing in a fitness company. So you should hire me. And I never heard from him. And so on my double message day, I reached out to him again and he immediately messaged me back. So my first message just missed him, you know, for whatever reason. So, I mean, that was grit above anything else. And, and I would encourage people to, if you're in this time and you've applied for 200 jobs, send 200 follow-up messages. 
you know, reach out to people again and make sure they know that you really want to work for their company. Um, we have two roles posted at Club Pilates. No one's reached out to me on LinkedIn. It's like, what? I'm on LinkedIn all the time. Re- reach out. Why wouldn't you reach out to me? So. Yeah, that's so crazy. And you make a really good point. I think that a lot of people do not reach out to other people on LinkedIn or you know, they, they hesitate with follow-up because they're scared of rejection. I've been training sales teams for 18 years. And one thing that I see a lot of people struggle with is the fear of rejection. When somebody says no, or they don't hear back, they take it personally. And I I'm always explaining to my teams that that's not anything personal. The person could have a million things going on in their life right now. They could be on a deadline. They could have, your email might have gotten lost in the inbox. Don't take it personally and just keep on going because nothing happens without action and you have to be the catalyst for achieving your goals and dreams. They're not just going to come to you. So that message of grit that you've delivered to the audience today, Jessica, is so powerful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, to share your personal story. You're so inspiring. If somebody is listening to this podcast and they want to hear more about you and what you're doing with Club Club Pilates, how could they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn. That's kind of my primary social network at this point. And again, I'm happy to connect with anyone. If you're a franchisee and want to explore owning a Club Pilates, I'll connect with you. If you're in the middle of a career change, I'll connect with you. If you just want to say hi, I'll connect with you. Um, I'm also big on Instagram. My name is just Jessica Yarmy on Instagram. Thank you so much. I really appreciate everything that you've shared with us. Thank you, Jessica. No, thank you so much for having me. It was really a lot of fun. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Vanessa Severiano. I have a huge favor to ask of you. If you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you would please subscribe, review, and share this episode. It would really mean so much to me. I truly love connecting with fitness and wellness experts. So if you'd like to be on the show or are looking for help in your business, definitely drop me a line and connect with me. You can find me at hello at vanessaseveriano.com or my social media handles. Since my last name is not the easiest to spell, I'm going to go ahead and make it really easy for you and link my contact details in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Catch you on the next episode.